Thank you, Elizabeth. I appreciate um, how you keep things going. Sometimes things don't work out the way we want it to work out. And, um, and so what happens is that you have to uh, fill in. And so over the years, uh, she has, uh, Liz has been doing that, and we appreciate that very much. Um, so as we come on for this, this morning, we are in the book of Second uh, Corinthians. And I think it's important as we, as we look at Second uh, Corinthians um, that Paul is dealing with a very uh, sensitive issue that I think a lot of us can identify with. Let me just kind of go uh, to this right fast. And the issue that he's dealing with, with is the word, one word, limitations. You heard of that, right? All of us are confronted with some type of limitations. Um, and sometimes our limitations are very frustrating. What do you do in the midst of your limitations? Um, how do you handle your limitations? I, I was uh, on YouTube and I watched, I watched this baby on the bed and uh, he was trying to get off of that bed. And he realized I'm limited. He says now, and he was. It looked like he was figuring out if I try to get off, I'm gonna fall and hurt myself. And so the baby went back and he grabbed a pillow and he pushed it on the floor. And he looked at it and then he grabbed another pillow and he pulled it over and pushed it on the floor. Then once he had both of them on the floor. Then what he did at that point was he eased himself down on the pillow. And then once he hit the pillow, he rolled over on the floor and walked away. And so what the Lord is telling us is that a lot of times we want to get rid of our limitations. You know what happens when you have limitations? If you complain about it. And if you stop there, it will shut down your ability to be creative. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? Whenever God permits a limitation in your life, don't complain about it. Stop for a little bit. Because this is what, this is what Paul will be teaching us this morning. Uh, we need to stop and look at all of the limitations in our life. And the first thing I need to do is don't complain because I can't complain and be creative at the same time. Uh, are you with me? Don't complain. The next thing you know, okay, these are limitations in my life, so what do I do from here? And so as we uh, go to this particular passage, and, and uh, again, embracing my limitations. As we uh, go through this thing about embracing my limitations, um, we have this where we've gone over so many times. Let's read it together. Second Corinthians twelve nine. 
But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So once the Lord said no, he said, okay, then let me flip this thing. The, the moment that God says, I'm not going to take this away, then he said, okay, then I'm going to turn this into a, a blessing. Now, that's in the midst of the verses that we're, we're going through. But you have to understand what Paul went through this, this thing. Now, I'll try to do this. Um, why was Paul trying to uh, plead to the Lord to move, remove the thorn in the flesh in the first place? Paul was called to the third heavens. He was able to see heaven. All these other folks talking about they died and went to heaven and saw this. No. No one, no one have gone there and come back to tell about it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? No one have gone to heaven, got there, saw it, and came back to tell about it. Okay? Uh, Paul is the only one in the flesh that went to heaven. Whatever he saw was so fantastic that the Lord says, don't you tell anyone about this shut it up and so now Paul what Paul has his education one of the smallest guy on, on, on earth he's, uh, he's he had his high education he's well respected and everything else um, and now the Lord have called him to ministry he had been he'd be actually been up in heaven to call up to the third heaven actually talked to the Lord, uh, uh, the whole ball of wax. And now he comes back to do ministry. He's doing it from not what he thinks, he's doing it from what he knows. I wish there was a time that seven reasons why I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> because you see, in the Bible, it talks more about hell, it talks more about hell because everything that tells about the Bible doesn't take tell, it talks no more about that after that. But in heaven, God can't can't begin to tell you all the dynamics of heaven. The Bible can't hold it. You had to get there to see it for yourselves. They had a song when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing will be. Paul had a peek up and he said, "Whoa!" Lord said, "Don't you tell a word." And so, so Paul comes back. And boy, what he, one thing is, this man is dynamic. The moment that he hits the ground, he talks about Jesus, and he talks about this, and he talks about, you can't shut that man up. He saw something. He saw something we haven't seen yet. But he, but he can't tell it. And so he does not allude to it a lot, but he says, he says one thing that happened, though, in the course of my seeing this, in the course of my doing ministry, in a, and based on what I know because of my, my Hebrew and Greek and my Roman background and all these other things going for me, clicking 100%, I was somebody. I can really do something for Jesus. And the Lord said, you know what? I have to limit this guy. And the Lord permits Satan. God, God permit, permitted his worst enemy, our worst enemy, Satan, to limit him. And Paul was saying to the Lord, Lord, you know what type of work I can do for you if I didn't have this eye problem? 
Lord, do you know all the things that I can do? And the Lord said, and he said, and I went to the Lord three times. Three times I went to him. Lord, be <laughs> Paul. And then the last time God said, my grace is sufficient for you. In a nutshell. And the same God who said that to Paul is the same God who talks to us where we are. And let me tell you something. Don't let the world talk you into accumulating things and that you'll be happy having things. You'll never have peace until you get the glory. Why do you think in scripture says precious that's how I think it's Psalm 119, 16, or 116, really, 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saint. When a saint dies, God says, great, I'm getting you home. I'm getting you out of this. But until then, you have limitations. You have lim every time you turn around. We're in a world that has limitations. Don't believe it, run the red light. You have limitations all around us because where there's no limitation, there's chaos. Working definition. A limitation is a restraint used to, uh, uh, to spiritually or physically hinder or prevent any uh, progressive uh, activity. I believe in the kingdom of God where, uh, wherever there is no limitation, the expectation and motivation is for believers to fully maximize their abilities knowing that it will be to the glory of God. Listen carefully. I believe that in the kingdom of God, wherever there is no limitations, wherever you find that God does not put any limitations on you, he wants you to maximize what you have. Okay, let me, let me give you an example. God tells us, love your neighbors. How much, Lord, you can do as much as you want. I won't complain. Give. No. See, but see, we start putting limitations on that, don't we? Oh, we know how to put limitations on, on, uh, on giving and loving and who we're going to love and everything. We, but, but when it comes down to other things, we want it to be unlimited. I want God's blessing to be unlimited. I want, I want this to be unlimited. I want my health to be unlimited. But God says, no, let me, let me tell you the things that are unlimited, and you embrace those, and you work those. But whatever God has not put a limit on, then he, explain, he wants you to maximize it. He wants you to stretch it to the max. Therefore, you go through scriptures and all the things that God has said, do this, do this, do this. And then he, notice he doesn't say do it to an extent. He doesn't put any limits on it. But there's some things he puts limit on. He puts his limit on the negative things. Be angry. Limitation, but sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. He put limits on all of the negatives. Outline. Paul helps us to explore this word from a believer's perspective, and there are three things we need to consider in our moments together. One, it will keep me from what? Self-destruction. Two, let's read together. It will clarify God's intervention. The next one. It will enable me to accomplish God's purpose for my life. There's three things Paul is saying out of these verses. 
Um, and, and, and the reason I, I put that there, say, this is not theory. Paul is going to make this very clear in the verses himself. So then we, we enter to the, the verse there, and it says, it will keep me from self-destruction. Now, when he talks about that, notice what he says. Though I should wish to boast, I would not be, I would not be a fool, for I would uh, be speaking the truth. If I boast, I'll, tell, I'll be telling the truth for all the things I'll, I'll be boasting about. He says, but I refrain from it so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. In other words, I'll be a distraction. So to keep me from becoming conceited, see, that's what happens. God gives you a whole lot, and all of a sudden you start saying, you know, thank you, Lord, for it. And then after a while, we start getting so conceited, it's mine. 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 I, I think about that, that uh, little cartoon of uh, Finding Nebo, and, uh, and that, those little the seagulls over there say, mine, 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 mine. <laughs> uh, and we, we have a, t a tendency to be, be the same way. Mine, mine, mine. Uh, I, I feed the birds from the, at the office, and uh, I put it out there, and the real small ones come out. I get the small ones. I try to get the small ones first because the others come, and they come, and uh, they're, they look, it's almost as if they have a conversation. Say, what you eating? And then the other one was trying to move over here and said, no, wait, wait a minute, where are you going? You know, then it's almost like a conversation. It becomes, and then, um, but the little one says, mine. And says, no, it's not, it's mine. And so it's, then you see this little bird fly off, then the big one flying after him. Instead of eating the rest of it, he's going to get the one that's in, the, in his mouth. It's, it's conceited. It's selfish. And Paul says, unless I become selfish, says God did something. Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation. See what he says, revelation? Because of the passing greatness of the revelation, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. He used the word two times, didn't he? He said, one of the reasons then that I have limitations is that it, what it will do to me. God permits things in your life because if he doesn't permit it in your life, it'll do something for you. It'll do something to you. You would think you're something. I hear individuals that God have, been, have blessed them where they have never gotten sick. I mean, really sick. And they think that no one should be sick. Oh, see, they, I, they don't understand. That's not how God works it out. It's sickness is part of life. And as we talked about Joni Erickson uh, uh, Tata and also Michael Easley and how Joni Erickson and Michael, each morning, although she's going through it, every morning she wakes up in pain. Every morning she has to, her husband had to dress her and feed her and everything else. Every morning. And this will be for the rest of her life. She is limited with all that she knows and all the things that she has gone through. But the millions of people that her life have touched. Keeps her from being conceited. See, she was just a little it was a young suburbanite who loved Jesus until she died off the rock on an ordinary day. And broke her spinal cord. And the Lord says, I'm limiting you. And in reality, you realize God says, my grace will be sufficient. 
Lord, I'm hurting every day. My grace. Don't you think that it's going to be the medicine? My grace is sufficient. And when I'm done, I'm taking you home. Because when I'm done with you, see, please understand, everything that you're doing in the will of God impact life. If it's just one person, that one person could tap into 20 others, etc. You'll never know. That's why God lets you. That's why God keeps you going through things. That's why you find, and sometimes you wonder, why am I here? Why am I going through this? And why? That's why the, the Lord, the song, um, why should I feel discouraged? He goes on and says, but his eye is on the sparrow, and I know that he watches me. As we live in obedience to the Lord, he has provided provisions with embedded limitations. You see what I said? Provisions with what? <laughs> you know, God, God, God bless you. He said, praise God, I have all of these blessings. I understand. What the blessings are the limitations. One, don't spend it on yourself. Don't be greedy. Whenever you're blessed, be a blessing to others. Don't hoard it. Don't think you're more, uh, you're better than someone else. The limitations. That's why I've said many a times, don't ever wish to be like somebody else. You don't know what they've been through. And you don't know what they're getting ready to go through. And none of them don't know Jesus. You better be, <laughs> the one, one Peter said, if you don't get what you want, you better want what you get. And, and what happens is this, is that God gives you a, a blessing in your life, and God says, I put limitations on your life. And it's, every blessing comes with a limitation. As we live in the obedience to the Lord, he has provided provision uh, and rebellion. Paul listed three significant reasons why this was necessary. One, let's read it. It forces him to consider others and how it would affect their thinking and response. He said, that's, one of the, he's, that's what he said in the verse. He says, I'll start affecting other folks. If I start bragging about all that's going on in my life, and, 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 this, and this boasting would be true, really. He said, but the people's eyes will be on me instead of the Lord. Whenever you have ministry, you're doing it for the Lord. It's, if they say, we really praise the Lord for you, make sure you come right behind and say, well, praise the Lord. Give it over to who it belongs to. It don't belongs to you. It belongs to you. Two, it kept him from becoming conceited, what I call ingrown eyeballs. Three, it enabled the Lord to have his way by using our greatest enemy, Satan, to maintain a tremendous restraint. To, to, to really restraint, but that's what he did. We are unable to handle great blessings from the Lord without this embedded, uh, embedded restraints. Uh, he uh, keeps us balanced. He keeps us balanced. The purpose of the restraints is to keep us balanced. God restrains us to keep us balanced. Um, th that's why... All over, even in the physical world, the reason they have restraints is to keep things balanced. 
If water had its way, guess what water would do? <laughs> It'd be all over the place, right? Therefore, that's why we have canals, and that's why we have this, and that's why we have to make sure it goes where it's supposed to go. Yeah, it does what it does, and then we get a little bit out of it also. So water and man, and some water we, we swim in, and other water we, yeah, but you remove the uh, restraints, and you, you're trying to get out of the way. Because if you give water a chance, water will just go without any restraint. And floods come in and things are destroyed. God had put, the, put it in. He says, he did this for, for my sake. Number two, it does what? It clarified God's uh, intervention. Now, notice what, what Paul had to say. Three things we need to see and understand about the verse. First, he says, three times I pleaded with the, the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect. You see that word? He says, in the midst of what's going through, he says, here's where my power is made perfect. The moment that I get into your situation, my power is released. And this word perfect means, this another word is mature, okay? Because his, his, his power is perfect, okay? But it's, it's matured, so let's use that word. My power is matured because it's in your life now, and it's in a place that it can grow. So leave it alone. Let it grow. Let it grow. See, but it's made, it says, my power is made perfect in what? Notice the environment and weakness. Notice the environment, not in your strength. Because the reason that it's not in your strength, because you keep saying, I can do it. Never mind, Lord, I got this. Okay. You won't pray about it. You got all of your plans. You become prayerless, proud, you see, um, puffed up. Let's try to keep the peas in there. Okay. <laughs> you, you, all, all of those things will happen. So, so then I, I, I think it's important then that, that the Lord says, no, I, what I'm going to do, I'm going to drop a little W in that little, those peas, and I'm going to make you weak. And all of the great men of Scripture, John Wesley and so on, some of the others, all of those had areas of weakness in their lives but they had to endure the weakness, and God used them greatly, greatly. They were great men, great minds, great heart, but in areas of their weakness. And God says, that's where I grow stuff. And I want you to understand something. Wherever you are right now, it's not an accident, and God's not trying to kill you. Okay, if God, if God wants to kill you, he does not have to go through all of this to kill you. Do you understand that? Okay, he'll take you out right now. Boom. Okay, so he don't have the you know, Lord trying to kill you. No, he's not trying to kill you. He, he's trying to grow you. He's trying to get you to know him. And in your weakness, see, then what happens is he'll make you strong. Therefore, then, so that's what he said. Therefore, he says, once I understood this with me and God talking, he said, whoa, I didn't know that. No, I said, you, Paul, who was a, a Pharisee of Pharisees, studied on Camellio and all of this, I've been to the third heaven. You didn't know this? No. Nah. But, you know, okay, then 
since that's the case, I'm not going to argue this point anymore. Matter of fact, I was the only one talking anyway. So then, therefore, flip the switch. Therefore, I will boast. No, now notice, where his, notice the dynamics now. I will boast the thing that had become the most precious thing to me. I start boasting. I thank God for somebody crazy around my life. Keeps me on my toes. I would fall asleep if I didn't have a crazy person around me. <laughs> it keeps me creative. Keep me prayerful. I, that's why there are some things that God permits in our lives to keep us on our toes or we start creating our own little safety, uh, quiet little bubble that we can just quietly go to sleep. You're not home yet. And even when you get to glory, you're not going to float on the cloud God's had some work for us when we get up there. So there's no, uh, I'm just rolling around heaven all day. No, you're not. God's going to be working you like he worked the angels. So then, he said, therefore, I will, he said, I will boast all the more gladly to, uh, of my weakness so that the power of Christ may do what? Rest upon me. That the power now, not the, uh, that the power will come into me, but it says like, like a bird resting on the branch. Rest. When, when something settles in, I have the power. And where there's the, when the power of God rests upon you, where there's rest, there's peace. Where there's rest, there's joy. You see? Where there's rest, there's clarity. Where there's rest, there's hope. Oh, I want some rest. <laughs> see? That's why it says the, the, the wicked shall cease from their trouble. But the what the but the weary will be at what? Rest. Rest. When you see in Revelation, you see what the, what God's gonna do with the, those who are unsaved, they're going to be, get this now, it wraps it up with these verses. That the, those who are unsaved, they'll be uh, tossed into the lake of fire that, where it will not, it, they, they'll be burning forever along with Satan. They will feel the flames. They will be burning forever. No release, relief. Can you imagine that? No relief at all. But he says as far as the believers, he will give them rest. Rest. And that rest does not mean sleep. Rest. His request. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. The Lord's response, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Paul's renewed perspective. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul tells us that this is what it's all about. My limitations is an invitation. Repeat that to me. My limitation is an invitation for God's power to grow in me. Whatever your limitations are. All these years, when I begin to look back, my fears when I was younger and all these years now, let me tell you, you, the fears that I had about my health, the fears that I had about this anomaly, finance, I hear fears about death, but all of those, boy, I went through the whole gamut. And uh, there's a song that says, through it all, through it all. Get this, 
I have learned. I have learned to trust in Jesus. I have learned to trust in God. Why? Because the power of God rests upon me. Rest. Then we uh, go come to number three. You've been very patient. He will enable me to accomplish God's purpose for my life. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content. What? With the weakness, insults, hardships, persecution, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Oh, man, see, see all of the, see what's going on here? He says, now he says, here's what's going on in my life. He says, my whole perspective in life now, I've been up to the third heavens. I've seen what God has done and is doing, and I, I know all of this information. God has given me this um, uh, Satan have, have given uh, Satan men to do me in with this uh, thing of the flesh. Some call it iopia. I don't know what, exactly what it was. He says, but I have this tremendous eye problem. It says, it says, and I'm I'm content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecution, and calamities. For when I am weak, here's the reason. Then I am strong. The who, first we deal with the who, for the sake of Christ then. My agenda now changes. Not for my sake, for the sake of Christ then. What are you living for? To get yourself a better place to feel better and everything else? Do you live for the sake of Christ? If you live for the sake of Christ, you're in trouble. They don't tell you that in, in, evangel in evangelism, do they? If you accept Jesus, you're going to have problems. Then folks will say, oh, no, 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 man. Because, you see, that's, that's what you could, the good news is that Jesus Christ died for you. So give them the good news. Just tell them about the good news. All the rest of them, God needs to build them up. But anyone who comes to know Jesus Christ, you will go be faced with Tons of problems. Young folks, you will be hit with more problems than you can imagine. But God. But God. The what? He says, I am content with the weakness, insults, hardship, uh, persecution, and calamities. Weakness. The insults and hardship, persecution, and calamities. Notice the, what he's going through now. With the words that people say to me. The hardships of time, persecution, what people do to me. Once you really walk with Christ, it get this now, it does sometimes it doesn't happen outside of the church, it happens inside of the church. The moment that you really decide to really walk with the Lord and the beauty of holiness, then it convicts other folks who are half stepping with Jesus. Persecution, calamities. Um, you'll be surprised the things that you'll, you'll go through. Um, the previous list are stresses in our life, and there is a tendency to fight or avoid them, not embrace them. We, we, we have a tendency to fight and avoid hardship, don't we? We, we, have, we have a little sign, don't go there, don't go there, don't go there. I don't want this. I don't want that. Then what do you want? I just wanted to live a peaceful life, 
Give me enough to eat, enough to, you know, that, that's what I want. God says, you want all of that? Yeah. He says, don't worry, you got it. Good, when you die. Until then, while you're living, as a believer, those who would live godly shall suffer persecution. In Revelation, it says, come and rest from your labor. You know, in Revelation, it's talking to the group, group of folks who went through the tribulation period and all the things they went through with the beast and everything else and all the suffering, all, and they just maintained their, their position with the Lord. Um, no telling what all that, that they went through. The why. For when I am weak, then I am strong. In the world we live in, in uh, Living, accepting Christ as Lord and Savior does not exempt us from the problems. It encourages them. I believe that we will be blessed if we do five things. One, what is it? Acknowledge it. Number two, accept it. Acknowledge it. Accept it. Paul says, okay, okay. I acknowledge what it is. I accept it. The next one is adjust to it. That's why he he Paul started wearing this thing like a badge, you know. The next, abide in it. This is where I'm at. I don't care what man. Every time I turn around, you're going through some struggles. Yep, that's that's what the Lord called me through. But you know what? In my struggles, I've really got to epikonosko. That word there is really know God, really know him. That when I pray, I'm not praying out of confusion. I'm praying from the heart. God says, it's in this time that my power begins to grow, and you begin to know me more and more. Number five, I began to appreciate it. For when I am weak, then. You see how that, you see that little, see that little switch there? When I am weak, then I'm strong. You can go into the elevator, and you can stand in that elevator, and it's not going to go anywhere until you push the button. Then... It'll initiate. No. You can stand in front of the elevator door and say, open sesame. It's going to, mm-hmm. You can play it if you want to, crazy, crazy if you want to. I'm not doing anything until you push the button. But once you push the button, then, then. What's, what's happening right now is that um, I, I, uh, talked, I talked about this before at, at one time. All of us. Uh, well, most of us have uh, phones. Uh, I trust that many of us have graduated from flip phones to smartphones. And, uh, and with, the, uh, with the smartphones and what have you, well, all of the phones have what they call um, um, a, a receiver and sender. And uh, what happens is this, is that you have what you call a, a station that's called roaming. And what it is, it'll pick up your signal. God has given a signal. See, and then you're supposed to, and this supposed to pick it up. Your heart's supposed to pick it up. 
It won't happen until you push the button. Once you push the button and your phone comes in, then what's been sent, you pick up. Until then, I've been, I've been trying to call you. Uh, oh, I had my phone off. Then push the button, you know? No, until you push the see, don't complain about what's going on until you push the button. But if you tell me you push the button and none of this happened, then God's a lie. Because God says, the moment that you accept my terms, then what happens is my power comes in and matures itself in your environment. And as it matures itself in your environment, it changed your thinking. And what you thought one time was a, a limitation is now an environment that glorifies God. And therefore, I begin to glorify God in this whole process. One last thing. Through these verses, Paul made it very clear of who he was and what was clearly defined, what clearly defined him. Galatians 2.20, let's read together. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul, on this side of, of, of the road, a Pharisee of Pharisees, um, a teacher. That meant the other guys looked at him and guys would break their necks to try to be like Paul. They would call him rabbi and they would, he could have started a school of rabbis. He was smart. Paul had it all together, well known among the Sanhedrin and what have you. He was well known. And matter of fact, when they talk about Jesus, he was going out there crucifying Jesus. Until God met him on the Damascus Road and flicked the switch. And in flipping the switch, it did not matter. All the things that he considered as gain, he considered as loss. For the excellency of Jesus Christ and his suffering. And he said this. In Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh is by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is not a, a verse that's quoted. It's a life, a, a life that's lived. It's something that defines him. And people look at you and your life is defined by something. My question is what? Galatians 5, 24. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If you, if you belong to Christ, you have crucified the flesh with his passions. Limitations? We can go into various types of limitations and go from one thing to another and what the things that keeps us from doing what we need to do. Our frustration, but understand, in the room of limitations, that's where God's power abides. And where God's power abides, then he makes himself known.
So as we close this morning, um, are you faced with limitations that have been very frustrating to you? What things have been, uh, you wanted to make it better? Was it better for Christ or better for you? My prayer is, Lord, help me with a different perspective here. So then, it is yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. If God's been speaking to your heart, I would like to pray for you. That your limitations, you'll, you'll let God's power flip it and, ma and mature in your life. Let it happen. That's all you have to do. Just let it happen. You have to be honest with it. Just let it happen. God and Paul will tell you, limitations are not feel-good items. But they're powerful. Powerful. Once God gets used to in, in inside. Powerful. You can laugh at it and talk about me and everything you want, but you know what? One thing I know that my limitations, God is in the midst of it. I I don't know what it is. I I, I can't listen. You you know what you are. You know what you're struggling with. Each one of us have our our challenges. I say, Lord, I'm limited. There's, there's an area of, of, um, of anger or frustrations or, or trust. Or, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm, help me. Be like the man who talked to Jesus about his son who had been taught, tormented by the demons. He said, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. Help me in my area where I feel like I'm too weak. That little clip about gentle shepherd. Gentle shepherd. God knows where you are. Do you think that I'm having you stand? I'm not standing with you. My job is not to tell you about Don Rackett's life and what Don, what Don Rackett's going through. All I'm saying is one thing. I recognize one thing. As Brandon used to say, Jesus will meet you. Right there. Thank you for your honesty. Lord, thank you for the saints. Thank you for their response. That they won't try to get rid of it. That they will embrace it and watch what you will do with where they are. You have never made a mistake. Everything is very clearly thought out. And I just want to thank you now for what you're going to do in each one of these lives. Great is your faithfulness. So we want to commit this, um, this day the rest of our lives, and embracing what you permit into our lives to keep us from suffering from ingrown eyeballs and um, selfishness and uh, anger, that we can be freed up to serve you. 
We throw out our pity parties. Because when your love starts maturing in us, we start seeing people in life from a different perspective. We become created. Our vocabulary changes. We find ourselves like Paul, talking to people because we talk out of relationship. Thank you for what you're going to do. And if there's one, Lord, who, even from the CD, who do not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, help them realize that Jesus Christ died for their sins. They were limited. They could not save themselves and that you died on the cross of Calvary to set them free. And those the Son have those whom the Son have set free is free indeed. And I pray, Lord, that they will accept that and ask for the forgiveness of their sins to be yours. Thank you for what you're going to do. Great is your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen.